Have you ever been so sad or angry with someone or a group of people? Anybody? Like anybody out there? Anybody who hasn't? How about that? Oh, okay. I just wanted to check because I was kind of thinking, am I the only one up here? And you were so upset you didn't know what else to do but be upset, be upset right? Or perhaps you even felt justified in your anger, in your upset. Oh, they did that to me, so I'm going to feel that way about them. Mm-hmm. Now, last week I shared with you about Constance, the lady who worked at the food bank, who was the, the uh, supervisor that had the aneurysm, right? And, um, you know, how she healed. But as she was coming to, after being in that coma for so long, Constance woke up very, very angry. She was angry at her wife. She was angry at the doctors, the nurses, the support staff. Because she couldn't get up out of that bed. And she wanted to direct her anger somewhere. And she stayed angry. Now Constance had two choices. One was either to continue to stay angry and resentful, or to practice forgiveness, the big F word. You know the F word? Huh? Yeah, you filled in the blank, didn't you? Okay. But one day, several months into being in rehab, Constance heard about the forgiveness work that the people in South Africa had done. And in our book, I didn't bring the book in, but the book that uh, we're studying, our book study in, Living a Committed Life by Lynn Twist, she wrote about Nelson Mandela asking the jailers, two of the three living jailers that he had, He asked him up on the stage at his inauguration. And he asked them for forgiveness for the 17 years out of the 27 years that he was in prison. He asked them, will you forgive me for hating you for 17 years? And those two jailers started to cry. Like, I'm sure he touched their heart, and they turned around and touched his heart by saying the same thing. Because what Nelson realized is while he was doing his day-to-day, getting beaten and, you know, deprived of food and, and, you know, mistreated in there, was that if he kept having that forgiveness inside of him, that he was going to die. And once he started loving them, he got to know their families and their wives, and he started to love them. But during that particular day, the day of their inauguration, after the three of them are standing, imagine they're standing next to each other, jailer and jailed, 
and he says to the people in the crowd, on this forgiveness, we will build a new nation. And from that moment on, South Africa was not had the way it had been, not for a week or a month, but for hundreds of years. I just wonder how would it be if that happened in the Middle East, if that happened with Israel, if that happened with Palestine, if that happened with the Hamas. Is it possible? I don't think the people of South Africa ever thought it was possible until that moment happened. And it opened a door. It opened the door for them. And perhaps it's opening a door for someone in here, someone out there on Love Streaming Land that may want to have that crack open to forgiveness. In the moment that Constance heard those words, she thought to herself, if they could do it, if Nelson Mandela could do that, then maybe, maybe she could too. She decided to forgive. And she realized, number one, that she first needed to forgive herself. To forgive herself for having an aneurysm, for forgive herself for being in a coma for that long, to forgive herself for not being able to walk or be able to talk, and that it, took, it was slow, it took a while. That she had to really work on the, the, the forgiveness within, yes? And it's like that for each of us, right? If anybody has anybody, anybody, any time in your life who you don't like, you haven't liked, you didn't like what they said, you didn't like what they did, maybe you don't even like the people over there in the Middle East because it's causing havoc on the whole world. What is it? Maybe we first have to forgive ourselves, yes? I've been reading a book um, from... Desmond, Bishop Desmond Tutu called the Book of Forgiveness, and, and he talked about what it's like to have that process of forgiveness. And he talked about how it, 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 it frees us up. Yeah. Like I know for myself, when I, when I have been in that unforgiving state, my shoulders get like this, it get kind of tense, right? I could feel it, and it's like, you, you, it's so dense and heavy. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But if there is anything that is unforgiving, anything that, that we need to forgive, hmm, then we just need to do the thing, right? Because when we practice the art of forgiveness, even if it's a little teeny-weeny bit, studies have shown that it's actually better for our own health. It releases stress, tension, pain, dis-ease, right? Like some diseases sometimes are wrapped up in unforgiveness. Who would have thought? But, you know, they like to do studies just because. And they studied people, hundreds of people, just to see what is the difference in people who forgive 
practice forgiveness and who don't. Lynn Twist talks about in that chapter that um, she talked about honorable closures. And she said that forgiveness is one of the qualities that we must embrace. That even if you're not ready to forgive others, you can forgive yourself for not being ready. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> so if you ain't ready, you're like, oh my gosh, she talk about forgiveness, I ain't there. Just forgive yourself until you're ready, right? And it brings us to the Bible verse I want to share for today. It comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, and this is what it says. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often shall I forgive? As many as seven times, he asked. And Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. 77 times? Is that 77 times seven? Is that 777 times seven? Is that 7,777 times seven? How many times do we have to forgive? As long as we need to. And I don't know if, it, you know, if it's like this for you, but it's like this for me. Sometimes when I realize I need to do some forgiveness work, I'm like, no, for that person again? What? What? I thought I already took care of that. Huh? It kind of happens in layers, right? It, it, I, I think it's kind of like, I'm not going to say peel the onion. I'm going to say peel the rose. It's kind of like you, you start off with the petal, you forgive here, right? Oh, here's some more. Peel off another piece of the petal. And then you keep peeling, peeling the petal and peeling and peeling and peeling and peeling and peeling until you get to the core. And when you get to the core, there's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful essence of beingness. Yes. And in there is seeds. Right? And the seeds might mean there are still more. 700 times 7. 77 times 7. It's whatever it takes. And in... Um, the book, A Recent Revelation, Unity Minister Jim Rosemurgy, many people knew him. He wrote lots and lots of books, like um, Guard on a Harley or something like that. But um, he, he, he wrote this, you must forgive yourself and you will feel the eternal presence of love. That when we're doing this here stuff, yes, it, it really does, it, 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 we start to oxygenate ourselves. Right, Jane? We do that work and, and that inside stuff, those cells we can't see. We can't see them unless you put them under a petri dish and, and look at them. And then you go, that's part of me. Well, that's how it was for me in the ninth grade. But anyway, um, we, you, you know, we have them. And they can get stuck when we're stuck. That when we have something that we're hanging on to, that we don't want to let go of, that it, it gets stuck and locked in our body. And what we want to do here is practice letting that go. That part of who we are in unity is we're about the fifth principle, which, which really says 
action. Do it, right? Like the first principle is I am, like God is, God is. The second principle is we are, like we're part of it. And the third principle is we think, like we think these things, right? Like I'm not going to forgive that person. And four, we pray and meditate like we did earlier. And five is, is just do it like Nike says, just do it. You need the little check mark, check it, check it. Forgiveness, forgiveness. Again, yep, forgiveness, forgiveness. Again, yep, forgiveness. How many times do I need to forgive my father? Mm, mm, mm. How many times do I have to forgive my mother who doesn't even know my name now? <laughs> For those things that happened when I was six. Do you know what I'm talking about? Huh? Is there something out there that we need to forgive so that we can be free? I don't want to tell you about myself. I don't want to tell you about my life. I don't want to tell you how to work on it. But I do. All of us do. We don't get a pass. I don't get a pass because I have a title. What the hell is that? It's a title. Huh? I went to school, took some, you know, got some education, some people would call it. Got some degrees, yeah, whatever. I have to do my work. And by the way, I did call my father a couple weeks ago when I told you I would. I did. But I haven't called him in the last week since he's been in rehab. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up, right? Like I'm gonna call him just because I told you I would. That that way I'm holding myself accountable. I said it. You heard me say it. You know, some of you heard me say it under my breath. You know you said it. But when we practice forgiveness for ourselves, it opens the door to forgive others. Where I get to forgive my parents because they, didn't, they did what they did. They did what they didn't do, right? I hope my kids feel that way about me, especially the one that will tell me about myself. Mom, your butt's too big. Mom, your butt's too small. Which way do you want it? <laughs> but it happened. And it happened for, for Constance. It helping, help, happened for, for uh, Mandela. You know, and, and in that book, the book of forgiveness, which I'm reading every single page, Desmond Tudor wrote, before beginning a new journey, big or small, there must be the willingness to take the first tentative step forward. Without willingness, this journey will be impossible. By taking that first step, Nelson Mandela caused a new beginning for South Africa from years and centuries of despair and separation, right? Blacks and whites, separate beat up on each other, suppress, yeah. Sounds a little bit like the Middle East, huh? What about a little bit like here in the United States? Come on now. We're not so separate. We're not so high and fly, um, 
high and mighty, that we could say, look at them over there without turning a finger back on ourselves. What you say? That when I see them, I have to look at myself and say, when am I being unforgiving? When am I being lo loving? I have to practice love. It ain't going to just happen. I got to practice it. I have to have it be an intention. And I'm inviting you to do that too. That all we have to do, as Bishop De uh, Desmond Tuchel said, is to start. Which brings us to our spiritual power of the month, which is zeal. Yes, I was jumping up and down like a jelly bean earlier. You guys saw me. I don't even know where it came from. I just felt like I needed to release by jumping up and down. What the hell? I didn't have heels on, though, so I didn't fall. But zeal is the ability to start and motivate. To start. Like to just take one step. And if that step is, I'm willing. I'm going to take that step called I'm willing. Yeah? In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> one of, one of, one of, in there, it, it, there's something in there, I think in chapter 5, where it talks about resentment. And it says resentment is the number one offender. which my sponsor has called me on before, you might need to look at that page. Oh, I'm resenting that person. Oh, yeah, you are. And that when we're having the willingness to just start, then there's the door. There's the door. It just opens up just like that. Boom. And the whole world is ready for us. Why? Because we're connected. We talked about that in our vision statement earlier, how um, it talked about our oneness, yes? And, and, and that oneness, it's really the connection that we all have. We're connected to everything there is. And, and, and because we have the internet now that's like all over our phones and stuff, we're in them all the time, then you, we're connected to the world in ways that we weren't back in 1994 when Nelson Mandela had that speech at his inauguration. We're so connected. And we have to realize that what affects them over there, whoever them are, affects us right here. Yes. And how, how do we get the example of Nelson Mandela? How do we get the example of Bishop Desmond Tutu? How do we get the example of Jesus to Christ? How do we get the example and then take it into our lives and make one step forward? Constance said, if, if they could do it, I could too. Don't you think we can? Don't you think peace is possible? Because if not, why do we sing that peace song every week? For what? Huh? Oh, that, yeah, I'm going to sing it. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, look at what's going on. No, we have to name it and claim it. And name it and claim it and then take that action. Starting with ourselves. Now, the color of the month just happens to be what, y'all? 
orange, orange going with zeal, and the location is the back of the head, which makes me think of my mama when she used to like that. Girl, I'm going to slap you upside back of your head. <laughs> and perhaps, perhaps, you guys, perhaps, if peace is possible, we have to do like the song you just heard, that we have to take, um, have higher ways to be. Higher ways that they can be shown to us. And that when we take that high watch, the high road, the high road is the road to peace. The high road is the road to love. The high road is the road to possibility. The high road, it doesn't have all that other stuff, right? The stuff that goes on on this part of our brain that we try to say, oh, is that really what's happening in the world? Everybody's killing each other and all that. Are they going to kill me too? No, no, no. Let it go. Remember denials? Deny it. It's not true because love prevails. That's just the way it is. And if we see it, if we name it and claim love to be love, then we will be love. We need to heal something from the past. Just do it. Check it off. Just do it. Check it off. How many times? 700 times 7? I'll take 7 times 7. How about that? You, get, you with me? We, we can do it just, just 7 times 7, right? That's 49 times. Mm -hmm. What's seven plus seven? We could, we could do it 14 times, yes? But see, if we start it, then we just keep doing it. We keep doing it over and over again. Why? Because we want to see the world free. We want to see ourselves free. We want to be freed from the madness. And sometimes when there's a whole bunch of madness and, and chaos going on, it's just covering up what's trying to be revealed. So healing is possible. And our half affirmation can assist us with, with getting there. I'm going to say it once and then invite you to say it with me and really embrace it. I am willing to practice the power of forgiveness to be free. Together, I am willing to practice the power of forgiveness to be free. Again, I am willing to practice the power of forgiveness to be free. All right, let's um, put, put your hand on your heart. I'm putting mine on my battery pack right here. I want you to take a, I'm going to invite you to take a breath in, just breathing in the vibration of love. Taking another moment to breathe it in, breathing in the vibration of love. opening up the spaces, opening up and oxygenating our whole body, being with that vibration of love. The love that Nelson Mandela got to with his jailers, that love. You got it? All right, now open your eyes and say this affirmation with me one more time because our heart depends on it and so does the planet. Together, I am willing to practice the power of forgiveness 
to be free. And so it is, and so we let it be. It's all up to us. Amen and namaste.